Last week in our hubs, we talked about what it means to be human. The first heartbeat of Open Door is that we gather, we convene, we bring together humans. This week, we're going to explore a second heartbeat, which is that when we convene or gather humans together, we provoke practice in the way of Jesus. Uh, we ask each other what it looks like to follow Jesus in this unique time and season. We're going to start with a few minutes of centering and grounding guided by the practice of examine. The examine guides us into prayer through five invitations. Our first invitation is to become aware of God's presence. In Psalm 46, God invites us to be still and know that the one who speaks in silence is God, the God who will be exalted among the nations and who will be exalted in the earth. In this space of quiet, Situate yourself firmly and deeply in the loving and good presence of the God who sees you, who knows you, who cares for you. The second invitation is to review the past week with gratitude. As you look back on your week, begin with gratitude and thanksgiving. What are you grateful for? What were the moments that brought you joy? What were the gifts of the last week? The third invitation is to explore your feelings and emotions from the week. What did you feel this week, positive or negative, complex or simple? What surprised you this week? What delighted you? What frustrated you? When did you feel uncertain or insecure? When did you sense God's presence? Our final invitation is to go deeper with one feeling or experience from this week. Choose one feeling from this last week to carry a bit deeper. Explore that feeling with curiosity and openness. To what people, places, or responsibilities does this feeling connect? Where do you carry this feeling in your body? Imagine for a moment God's hand pressing gently on that part of your body, holding that feeling with you. Let me pray as we close. Oh God, may we live our lives 
with thoughtful attention and deep awareness of your unchanging love. Amen. Jesus called the twelve together, and he gave them power and authority over all demons and to heal sicknesses. He sent them out to proclaim God's kingdom and to heal the sick. He told them, take nothing for the journey, no walking stick, no bag, no bread, no money, not even an extra shirt. Whatever house you enter, remain there until you leave that place. Wherever they don't welcome you, as you leave that city, shake the dust off your feet as a witness against them. So the disciples departed and went through the villages, proclaiming the good news and healing people everywhere. Uh, this is a wild account of how Jesus invited his followers into a provocative and experimental way of life. Jesus is telling his followers to go and do the stuff that Jesus was doing, to trust in God's kingdom rather than the prevailing powers around them, to trust in God's abundance rather than stories of scarcity, to trust that the spirit of life is more powerful than any other, whether physical or political or psychological or spiritual. A short paraphrase of this passage might be, trust in God, live fully human lives, share the fullness of life with others, and do it together publicly, visibly in neighborhoods. So the disciples went and they did these strange and provocative things and they worked. It says they proclaimed the good news and they healed people everywhere. But if we keep reading, it's only a few verses later that they're with Jesus again. So there's this pattern where Jesus says, go and try this, and the disciples go and try this. And then they come back and they talk about how it went. And then Jesus says, now try this. And the disciples go and they try this other thing. And uh, they keep on doing this, this, this process, this cycle, this circling back. So just a few verses after they've proclaimed good news and healed people everywhere, Jesus does this thing where there's a crowd of people and Jesus miraculously multiplies food. There's plenty of food for everybody. And the disciples are just stumped. They can't figure out how Jesus could have possibly done this. And then later on in the same chapter, um, the disciples go out and they try to help a child who needs to be healed. And they fail. Whatever they're doing now doesn't work. It worked at the beginning of the chapter, but at the end of the chapter, something shifted and changed. And now it doesn't work. And I can't help but wonder what it was like for these disciples to be trusted enough by Jesus to be sent out to do these provocative things that Jesus was doing. And then I wonder what it was like for them to come back and experience the sting of failure. But the disciples keep on coming back. They keep circling back to Jesus. Uh, when things work, they come back. And when things don't work, they come back. They keep on circling back. Life in the way of Jesus is not a one-time decision, but it's the series of provocative practices, experiments, and circlebacks, and check-ins that point in faith to the work of God in the world. It's not about what we achieve, or what we succeed at, or what we accomplish, but about trusting that the way of Jesus is an ongoing way of life, not just a one-time prayer or signing off on a statement of faith. It's an ongoing way of life. Dallas Willard says the process of growth and change in the way of Jesus is taking on bit by bit Jesus' ideas and images about God, life, and the world so that they gradually replace our own. I love this because there's this sense of process. Bit by bit, step by step, 
practice by practice, conversion by conversion, we follow the ever-resounding invitation of Jesus deeper and deeper into life in God's kingdom. It doesn't mean we always get things right. It probably means that there's a 100% chance that we're going to get a lot of things wrong. But we enter into these practices and experiments surrounded by grace, which means we keep on going, we keep on trying, we keep on practicing, we keep experimenting, and we keep circling back together uh, in the way of Jesus. And if we look at the pattern of Jesus inviting people into these provocative practices or practicing these provocative things, there's a few principles that seem to rise up. It's almost always in community that Jesus is doing these things or sending people to do these things rather than in isolation. It's only on a rare occasion that Jesus has a one-on-one -on -one conversation with anyone. More often than not, it's a public or social setting. There's a group of people gathered and Jesus is in conversation. And it's usually involving a public or a social thing that's happening. Jesus almost never sends people out on their own. It's always two by two, or he sends out the 12, or he sends out the 72. They're sent together. And it almost always is addressing a felt need or a pain point from the lived human experience, rather than some kind of esoteric or cognitive exercise. Someone is hungry and they need to be fed. Someone is sick and they need to be healed. Someone is being excluded by a structure or a system and something needs to change. Someone is hopeless and they need hope. Someone is holding on to anger and they need to forgive. Finally, almost always, uh, provocative practice looks like a process with circlebacks rather than a one-time quick fix. And it's not that people need to be healed over and over again of the same thing, but that everybody has some kind of starting point. So for the young ruler or for Zacchaeus, it was their relationship with money that was the starting point. For Nicodemus, it was his relationship with the religious structures that he was involved in. For the woman at the well, it was social isolation. But there's almost always a process and circlebacks. Trust and faith aren't static, but dynamic and growing realities. It's a trajectory more than a quick destination. We started all this with the first four invitations of the examine. And we're going to explore together as part of our questions and invitation into practice uh, the fifth invitation of the examine, which is to look ahead to the week coming up. If you were to use one word to describe the week ahead, what would it be? What's on your plate this week? What does your schedule look like? What's on your calendar? What's a pain point from the week behind you? that could be faced this week with a new practice. Who's with you in this? Maybe who's with you in that specific pain point? Who's with you this week? Who might you invite in? And finally, what's the next step that you'll take as you move forward with this?